Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. While investigating the disappearances of several star bases along the neutral zone, the crew of the Enterprise discovers cryogenically frozen humans from the 21st century. But their culture shock will have to wait when the Romulans show up. From May 14th, 1988, it's season one, episode 25, The Neutral Zone. Or, welcome to the age of tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Cam. That's Dan. And this is the end of season one. appreciate my Futurama reference. <laughs> of course. Because you're a Good smart shit. person and that shows for smart people. It is for smart people. You hear that dummies? You're not allowed to listen to Futurama or watch it or whatever. <laughs> you hear that dummies? You hear that dummies? <laughs> I honestly don't think that uh, smart I mean that dummies listen to this podcast either. Ooh, because I don't it has know. to do with Star Trek. I listen to it when I'm when I have to edit it, so <laughs> we know we got a sample size of at least one dummy. Well, I don't associate with dummies, so you're either an incredible liar or I don't know. Cameron has left the call. <laughs> I'm out. Okay. So are you gonna put the free form right here yeah. or should we do no, some more free already, form? We already did the free form, the jazz, the doodly doodly doo. <laughs> Here's the thing. On Stardate 41986.0. Well, Pekater. I quit. I quit. I even practiced. I read everything out loud. I was feeling great. Everything was awesome. I I fucking adore you. I'm glad someone does. Actually, my wife does, too. It was her birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, my love. Happy birthday, his love. (laughs) The ultimate badass. All right. On Stardate 41986.0, Captain Picard is away at an emergency Federation conference, which is just my favorite thing ever. There's an emergency. Call a a fucking conference in. Oh, my God, everyone. Quick, we need to have a conference. (laughs) We need to have a giant meeting. You know what solves everything? Giant fucking meetings. Quick, let's throw some bureaucracy on this. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... The Enterprise crew discovers an ancient space capsule from Earth, and inside they find three humans in in cryo... Oh, God. Cryonic chambers that are still functional. Data wants to haul their frozen asses onto the Enterprise, and Commander Riker surprisingly agrees. Picard returns and orders the Enterprise to the neutral zone, as several Federation outposts near the edges of the zone have not responded to communications, (laughs) which called for the... (laughs) giant conference of emergencies (laughs) we're never going to find a hotel at this time where am i going to get a ballroom do you have any idea how hard it is to pull together a last minute conference who's going to be a speaker will we have breakout sessions (laughs) emergencies 
Quick, we need to get our emergency supply of whiteboards and icebreaker questions. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> it's just, it's the worst idea I've ever heard. And I mean, ever. Anyway, he explains that the conference was about the potential threat from the Romulans. This is why you have to pick up your fucking phone calls, people. Let it go Let it go to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Who have not been seen or heard from for the last several decades. Apparently that's just their jam. We haven't heard from them in a hundred years. We haven't heard from them in 50 years. I dated somebody like that once. <laughs> oh, did you? A mm-hmm. hundred years? Yep. She was How a many witch. lives have you had? She good was a friend. witch named Baba Yaga. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, was the sex at least good? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, when you're dating a spawn of Satan, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. As Data and Dr. Crusher work to thaw the cold ass humans, Picard lectures Data for bringing them aboard during this crucial time and thus inconveniencing him. <laughs> Picard then puts Riker in charge of looking after them. The survivors, Claire Raymond, played by Gracie Harrison, a homemaker and mother. Ralph Offenhaus, played by Peter Mark Richard Richman, which is funny, a financier. And LQ Sonny, Cl- Sonny Clemens, played by Leon Rippey, a musician, are from the late 20th century. All died of incurable illnesses at the time and were placed in cryonic suspension after their deaths in hope that cures might be found in the future. Dr. Crusher, in reviving them, easily cures them of their illnesses, because she a badass. And they have to cope with the culture shock of awakening in a distant future and realizing that everything they knew and had are gone. Of the three, Clemens seems to fare best at adapting to life in the future, and he befriends Data. Wow. He befriends... <laughs> We'll save it for the next episode. <laughs> he befriends Data, who replicates him a get fiddle lickety split. And Claire is distraught at the thought of losing everyone she ever knew, particularly her children. So Counselor Troy suggests searching for Claire's descendants. Offenhouse is irritated at the lack of access to news or other information because he's an important man with important things to do. And he uses the com to disturb Captain Picard on the bridge. Picard comes down and annoyedly assures everyone that all questions will be answered in due time, but that the ship's mission must be his full attention. The Enterprise reaches the neutral zone and confirms that the outposts have been destroyed. Damn it. After a bit of a standoff with, you know, empty space, they are soon met by a Romulan warbird, our first, our first ever view of the Dideridix class. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, and Commander T-Bok, played by Mark Alamo, questions why the Enterprise has approached the zone. As Picard tries to explain his actions, Offenhouse arrives on the bridge and threatens to disrupt the tense situation, because he a dick. Um, Although he correctly ascertains that the Romulans are also seeking answers. Picard and the Romulans agree to pool their resources to discover the culprit. Picard later comments that while the encounter went favorably, the Romulans may be significant threats in future engagements. Picard arranges to transport the 20th century humans to Earth. Troy locates one of Claire's descendants on Earth, and while she is there and unsure of her place in her new reality, Troy suggests that family is a good starting point. Clemens expresses his enthusiasm for the future, and Picard sets off in house on the challenge of improving himself instead of searching for money and power. 
And so ends the neutral zone and season one. Hooray! We did it! Hooray! God damn, Daniel. God damn indeed. That was so the most plot for the least actual things happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a secret to tell you. Tell it to me. Whisper it um, gently into my ear. This episode was supposed to be the start of a trilogy that would lead through season two <gasps> that would eventually have introduced the Borg. Ooh. Unfortunately, it didn't happen because of the writer's strike. Ah. But this destructiveness of both sides along the neutral zone is something that will come back very soon. Oh, and you boy. will see. Um. <laughs> more trivia, more Jesus. trivia. More trivia? Yeah, what else you got? Um, this was the first episode to actually establish that it takes place in 2364. Ooh. Uh, will Wheaton was supposed to be in this set episode he was the one that was supposed to replicate the guitar but he was kicked out at the last second and his lines were given to data um <laughs> in my favorite bit of trivia the role of ralph ralph offenhaus was originally supposed to be our favorite person harcourt fenton mud no <laughs> Yes, but unfortunately, Roger C. Carmel died before the production of the episode could begin, so Aww, they changed that's it. so sad. I know, but it was supposed to be mud. <laughs> now, because Older mud. I don't live under a rock, I know that mud is played in Star Trek Discovery by Rain Wilson. Is that correct? Um, is that a better mud? It's pretty awesome, actually. Okay. You'll love it. Okay. All right, that's it. I know, no spoilers, so... When no I spoilers. watch Discovery in 25 years... <laughs> it's not going to be 25 years. The other bit of trivia that I think you will love the most is that uh, when Claire Raymond is searching for her family members with, mm -hmm. Dr. Tro uh, with Dr. Troy, with Counselor Troy... The names on the screen are all the names of all of the actors who had played Doctor Who. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's fun. It's just a little, just a little, you know, just a wink and a nudge. Wink and a nod. I like that. For all of us Whovians out there. Please, sir, I'm a Hoonatic. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't question that for a second. <laughs> And Hugh, it's a good time. There's a lot of shit in this episode, Dan. What did you love? Um, I really enjoyed seeing the Romulans, number one. Big, like that warbird was gorgeous. I think right? I may have actually let out an, oh, oog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to objectify the fuck out of that object. <laughs> good, good. And it's so large that it could actually fit the Enterprise inside its body. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> uh, no, that was super interesting and good to see that although the Klingons have been redeemed, that we still, we still have some 
some classic baddies prior to the Borg showing up. Because I know the Borg are going to be the big, the big bad one with their big QB selves. Um, <laughs> with their big QB selves. Mm, I mean, you're not wrong. Those big old Rubik's Cubes of death. I think I, I personally enjoyed bringing them back and having them be virtually unchanged except their ship being more fucking awesome. And their outfits are better. I really enjoyed Data in this episode. Um, he Me had, too. He, had, he was great. He had fun lines. He had good interactions. He was curious but not annoying, um, which is why I think I think Android is the way to go as far as the like novice filter rather than a kid. I think he just he works better. It's so much more interesting when he's surprised by something or he has questions about something because it's this deeper quest and understanding to be human that's just more fun to watch rather than like I'm a kid who's growing up so I have questions about the world. We've seen that a million times, but this sort of we have Pinocchio-esque like an emotionally stable Pinocchio is really interesting to me. And that's what I get out of Data at his best. At his worst, I just get an annoying thesaurus. Um, A very pale thesaurus. (laughs) (laughs) But I think uh, my my favorite bit with this episode had to be, okay, knowing retroactively that I'm not going to get near as much Beverly Crusher in the near future, seeing her doctor the hell out of it was rewarding and i'm glad i got that because i definitely miss her in the future so yep yep (laughs) season two is a whole bunch of fun (laughs) do they make it better cameron i don't want to go a whole season without beverly (gasps) we'll talk about it (laughs) I almost I almost Ooh. subtitled this episode. Thank God this season's over. We were running out of ideas. Um because it does it uh, it's it's interesting, but nothing happens. It's it's like a fun it feels like the first part of a two-parter. But without because it was. but without any stakes or setup for the second part. It's just like and it's over. So bye. <laughs> See ya in September. Sure hope we get a second season pickup, guys. <laughs> Glad we went out on such a strong note. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. I had a great time. What did you love about this episode, Cameron? I I love the Romulans. I love the tension. I love Picard being annoyed at people following the rules, just not at the right time. <laughs> I... You know, just the little debates. I love um, billionaires being told that their lives mean nothing. That that speaks a lot to me. That's your brand. That is my brand. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I had a great time. I loved Data in all of his interactions. I loved the entitlement being treated appropriately. I loved mysterious outpost disappearing mysteriously and i fucking love the dideritics class ship oh so good it's one of my favorite things to come out of star trek the next generation it's pretty pretty awe-inspiring honestly it was a 
I was glad to see that they at least spent the money on a really cool model, um, even if they uh, didn't do anything with it. Also, I liked Counselor Troy doing some counseling and actually making a difference and making people feel better. Yeah, she did actually do her job. She did. Yeah. And I also like Picard making the right decisions, despite his crew going, you need to fucking shoot, man. Who Was that Was that what Jordy said? <laughs> yes. That sounded like a good <laughs> LaForge voice. Jordy and Riker and Worf. Oh, my. <laughs> Jordy's and Riker's and Worf's. Oh, my. <laughs> But it wasn't all gorgeous starship models, was it, Cameron? It was not. It was not. I, uh, since you went first with love, Dan, I would love to hear what you hated about this episode. <laughs> I mean, you've hinted at it already, but just lay it out there for me. Nothing happens. Lay it open. Nothing really happens. Um, I just... They build up the Romulan conflict, and then there's the conflict is very brief. We have the people from the past who just kind of get over it and are fine. Like, there was no real drama. There was no real tension or stakes. Like, even the whole time they were talking to the Romulans, it was like, oh, okay. There was no space debris or wreckage for them to sift through. It was just like, the star bases are gone. Like, And it wasn't you. Yeah. And it wasn't us. But I think, yeah, I mean, I honestly think there were supposed to be more stakes placed mm -hmm. on the fact that the starbases were gone. I mean, you'll see it in the future, but, you know, the starbases are literally gone. Mm -hmm. Like, just gone. No wreckage. No anything. Just gone. Yeah. But because of the writer's strike, they couldn't put an emphasis on that. That shit's terrifying. The fact that, you know, an entire complex is just gone. Mm -hmm. There's a hole in the ground where it used to be. And if and if it had been focused solely on the mystery of the missing star bases, I would have been totally on board. If it had been solely about let's get people from the 21st century up to speed, great. But they split their focus and didn't really do anything with either of them. They were just like, well... It's just another wacky day here on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty wacky. Right? You think your job's stressful. <laughs> I did actually, I mean, I found Ralph Offenhaus insufferable. Utterly. But that's, you know, he was supposed to be. I loved Sonny Clemens. Yeah, okay. Sonny Clemens did have some he at least had some really good quotes. Sonny he did. Sonny Clemens was straight up ridiculous. <laughs> and it was kind of awesome. Like it seemed like Foghorn Leghorn's burnout cousin. Yes. Complete burned out. Oh yeah. What we hated. What we hated. Yep. Um Yeah, I mean you're right. Nothing really happens. It's it's just one of those things where... Can you imagine what it would have been like if the writer's strike hadn't happened? Yeah, I, I could see it playing out well. I mean, it was... 
it was a weirdly hopeful note that it ended on that I really enjoyed and kind of got me emotional for no reason. Um, there was decent tension, but it just nothing happened, and there was no holdover, no final action, no furthering of dramatic tensiony bits. Like I just just needed one big bad beautiful thing to happen. Um, just anything that really scared us then happened on screen, but it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I could ramble on forever and just say the same thing, which is that not much happened. <laughs> ah, Cameron, is there anything that you really hated about this? I just... <laughs> I really hated that Picard was just being so dickish. Mm-hmm. You know, he should have been like, great, cool. Um, could you wait to thaw them out or wake them up until after we're done? Mm-hmm. I don't have time for Instead a B of... plot. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it sound it felt like. I mean, it ended up working fairly well, but it was just, you know, I hated that. Hated Offenhaus, mentioned that. Um I hated that the Romulan's last line was, We're back. Yeah. I was like, oh. I was like, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything better than that. <laughs> we are back. Wow, good to know that Romulan fashion hasn't really changed in 50 years. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> just made me want to die a little. Everything else, I had a great time, though. I mean, except for that one line, I would say that all the other quotes are great. Wouldn't you agree, Dan? I would indeed. Sounds like someone who hated life. Yet he had himself frozen, presumably so he could go through it all again. Too afraid to live, too scared to die. I love that Nirvana song. (laughs) This is the 24th century. Material needs no longer exist. Then what's the challenge? The challenge, Mr. Offenhaus, is to improve yourself. To enrich yourself. Enjoy it. A lot has changed in the last 300 years. People are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things. We've eliminated hunger, want, the need for possessions. We've grown out of our infancy. You've got it all wrong. It's never been about possessions. It's about power. Power to do what? To control your life, your destiny. That kind of control is an illusion. Really? I'm here, aren't I? I should be dead, but I'm not. And I could take this phaser and disintegrate you. You really want to wax poetics? (laughs) Get off the bridge! (laughs) If only. (laughs) They were frozen. I thawed them. (laughs) Thanks, Crush. They were already dead. (laughs) I mean, what more could have happened to them? (laughs) (laughs) So much snark in this episode. I love it. He was just going through it welcome to the 24th century (laughs) everybody's snarky (laughs) yep sarcasm hit peak saturation in the late 23s (laughs) (laughs) you're goddamn right (laughs) don't you forget it (laughs) her name is claire raymond age 35 occupation homemaker must be some kind of construction work Wah, 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 wah. 
having them on board is like a visit from the past. That would take us in the wrong direction. Our mission is to go forward, and it's just begun. The whole thing was a long shot, but I figured, what the hell? Might as well give them dough instead of leaving it to my ex-wives. <laughs> ah, classic ex-wife humor. <laughs> ex-wives? People in the 80s start laughing. I have several of those. <laughs> I also want all the things. That is relatable to me. 1980s man. Everyone wants to look like they go to a prep school. <laughs> what a horrible time to be alive. Wow. <laughs> I thought you loved the 80s. No, I do not. What's They're your... still my least favorite decade in the 20th century. Wow, really? More than the mm -hmm. teens, huh? Yep. No, I love the teens. Not that I'm not saying some great things didn't come out of the 80s, but like overall. yourself like myself and like star trek the next generation ah yes but overall just the aesthetic trends in every aspect are just awful <laughs> you don't like carpeted bathrooms <laughs> no i don't i don't like shoulder pads i don't like mauve mm. you know I don't what i like do like what do you what do you like, Dan? LQ Sonny Clemens, especially when <laughs> he said, "What's this neutral zone?" <laughs> <laughs> it is a buffer between the Romulan Empire and the Federation. Why does that make me nervous? I do not know. Well, we won't be inviting these Romulans to our party, will we? <laughs> no, that would not be appropriate. Stay sharp. No surprises. I would rather outthink them than outfight them. Your presence is not wanted. Do you understand my meeting, Captain? We are back. <laughs> that was a fabulous animated film about dinosaurs from Don Bluth, but that it aside. <laughs> it was a fabulous animated film. Uh, so I... good. Yeah, right. Take that, Jurassic Park. And it was so good and so dark. Yeah, Don Bluth did a really good job. Always. All things. I will never get over that the protagonist, well, I mean, not the protagonist, but the overarching hero, his name is Professor New Eyes, and his evil brother changed his name to Professor Screw Eyes. <laughs> uh, what? And the whole thing's based on cereal. I mean, it's the most 90s thing that has ever happened. It's a lot. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Still love every second of it. I haven't watched it in years. I wonder if it holds up. Probably not. I have. It's actually still pretty good. It's yeah? Some of the things are silly. Like, you know, they made the dinosaurs sentient by feeding them cereal. Well, you know, um, <laughs> there are weirder things. You ever see Weird Science? I did. Yeah, what a problematic shitstorm that movie is. Yes. 
or I mean, even Fern Gully. Fern Gully is much weirder. Yeah, but Fern Gully's got that heavy-handed environmentalism message, so we have to <laughs> it love sure it. Sure does. We have to <laughs> pretend that it's a great, an amazing movie. <laughs> Can you feel its pain? No, I can't. <laughs> I'm Quit not fucking me. there. Right. <laughs> God, you know I can't. <laughs> Also, he has a mullet. He has an animated mullet. <laughs> why, God, why? <laughs> That's the real reason I hate the 80s. I hate mullets so fucking much. I am in the middle of fucking nowhere. You were in New York City. If there's anyone that should be ambient noise, you, not me. I know, isn't it? Deliciously ironic. Deliciously. Okay, well, that is the end of season one, and we have loved it, hated it, and quoted it. So there's just one last thing to do, and that's for us to rate it, right, Daniel? Yes, Cameron. How many gorgeous Romulan warbirds would you give this episode? <laughs> you know, I'd give it three to Derridic's class. How about you? Uh, I'd give it, I'd give it two and a half. Just, I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Just nothing happens. Unlike the next episode. Where so much happens. So much happens. We get new crew members. Yeah. Old crew members are just replaced and brushed off. Oh, so much to talk about. So a little time. Uh, we will be back with season two, episode one, The Child. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that just leaves one, one last thing for me to do, and that's to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. Keep on trekking. Can you imagine a future without lawyers? It's going to be so good. You know, lawyers get a bad rap, but um, personally. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, I now know several of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I have quite a few people that I worked with at the public that are legitimately lawyers now, and one who's in training. The process. La scuro. Which just sounds but, yeah. awful to me. <laughs> Same. Right? I already know how Gotta to argue good. Him. I don't need to go to school for that. Great Do at you? arguing. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You want to argue about something? Sure. Great. Let's fight. <laughs> ah, you're emotionally invested. You lose. I'm not emotionally invested in anything. I was trying to figure out what we should fight about. Oh, um, uh, Kirk is a better captain than Picard. What is the basis of your statement? 
I don't want to hear any questions. Just yes or no, Cameron. Don't you dare follow up. Your Honor. <laughs> See? So by better at arguing, you mean you're a drama queen. <laughs> Cameron, I am a drama empress. <laughs> I mean, we knew. We knew. <sighs> I mean, the real question after this isn't after this is over isn't going to be who's the better captain. It's going to be who's the dreamier captain. Ooh, that one's hard because they're very different daddy fantasies. <laughs> they're each going to take care of you, but in your but in in very different ways. Both a little stern, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like I just feel, I just know it's not going to be Scott Bakula. I know that's not going to be my pick. A Secret Weapon Production.